I go down into the basement. I do all the things that I know to do as a property manager. I check the furnace switch. I check the breaker. I check the pilot light. Everything appears to be okay for me. So of course, the next thing then, I call um, HVC technician again through our property management company. They're there within one or two hours. And then the technician gives me the bad news. The gas valve is gone. Well, a gas valve is seven to $800. Hey, investors. You are listening to the Investing to Win podcast, the show dedicated to empowering investors to achieve financial freedom and live your best life. This show is committed to offering honest conversation between investors, common sense strategies, real-time market updates, and professional guidance to achieving financial freedom. Investing doesn't have to be super hands-on or complicated. We are all about passive investments with real gain, so you have freedom of time and money. Your host is none other than Garrett Wong, who brings decades of experience in buying, renovating, and managing cash flow investment properties. Thanks for being here and get ready to invest to win. Hello, investors. This is Garrett Wong, your host of the Investing to Win podcast. Today, I thought I would give you guys a little bit of an update on our Buttercup project. If uh, For those of you who've been following along on social media or even listened to an earlier podcast episode, Buttercup is a legal secondary suite conversion project. I'm not going to go into the first update, obviously, because this is a second update. But I thought, you know, the um, been doing a lot of different guests on the show, and I, I thought maybe it's time to just uh, give an update uh, because there, there was a lot of feedback and interest on it. So what I will say is um, where I had left the first update um, was that we were doing and waiting for our development permit. Now, if you remember, there's two parts to the legal aspect of um, getting a secondary suite conversion approved. The first thing is getting your development permit. And the second thing is getting your actual building permit. So we submitted our development permit and, and I made some mistakes. I'm not too ashamed to say that. This is uh, my first time, even though I have extensive experience in doing lots of renovations and lots of projects and even building permits, but never a secondary suite. So I had gone onto the website. I, you know, there's a list of six or seven things that you need to submit, like your site plan and your square footage calculation, uh, a whole plethora of things. And I had submitted everything. And after about three, three and a half, four weeks of submitting that, and keep in mind, we did, we submitted this before possession because we wanted to get ahead of the game. So three to four weeks come by and go by. And now I get an email saying, well, you're missing the main floor site or the main floor plans. And the main floor floor plans are necessary because they need to see the square footage to be able to calculate the overall square footage of both your secondary suite and your existing living areas to be able to apply that square footage calculation. And I had already submitted it and I thought it was fine. I happened to be on vacation um, up north fishing when I got that email. So as soon as I got back, and I admit I was rushing, I sent them an email just saying, I already sent you the main floor floor plans. What, what is wrong here? 
Now, the thing that's frustrating for me is they say on the city uh, permit portal that it takes a good two to three weeks for a permit to be processed. What I've found, however, is it takes two to three weeks on average for a communication to come back. So even though I said and asked a question, what's wrong with my, my floor plan? It took three weeks for them to respond to me and say, well, you need this, this, and this for your floor plan. I'm like, okay, fine. So then I submit that those floor plans again. And I mean, I looked at every single thing that they had there and it seemed fine. So I, I made a little bit of an adjustment to some of the labeling, sent it back in, didn't hear anything for three weeks. Three weeks later, it's rejected again. So while that doesn't seem to be that big of a deal, think about waiting three weeks for each piece of feedback. This happened three times. Three times three by the my last memory is nine weeks. So now we're two months behind because I made a mistake. So, you know, I want to talk about the power of networking, the power of a coffee conversation. I'm busy. I had uh, someone in the... Um, in the, I guess, call it our real estate community locally here in one of our investment clubs, reach out to me and say, Hey, saw you on social media, would love to, you know, like, you know, go for coffee. And uh, I just did a, a secondary suite conversion. I'll tell you everything that I learned and all the mistakes. And I had kind of put that off for a couple of weeks because I was busy. And I finally said, You know what? After this last thing, I'm just going to go. Um, did it on a Sunday morning. And wow, what life-changing information because he came and we had coffee and he showed me his floor plans and just speaking about, he was just like, okay, well, what does your drafting person say? And here's the thing. I was my own drafting person. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that. And the reason I did my own drafting at the very beginning for the initial floor plan, this is the, the uh, secondary suite itself, is because of timing. I didn't think, and realistically, I had a few days to submit this before possession to have a drafting person come in. Obviously, we had only had the two visits pre-possession that were built into our sales contract as conditions. And I had burnt up both of those already, or one of them already, uh, with um, contractor visits. So the second one was like in the next day. So I went to Home Depot. I bought a really good Bluetooth laser measuring tool. I did all my site measurements, and then I learned AutoCAD myself. I'm good with computers. I'm a nerd. So, I mean, make no mistake, this was kind of fun for me. And it was overall a good experience and very beneficial because what ended up happening is the layout of this basement had what you would naturally think, okay, here's there was already a door that led into the basement, the bathroom on the left, maybe that, you know, kitchen on the right where the there was a wet bar, but there was a floor drain right there as soon as you walk in. And myself and my kitchen guy and everybody that were walking through there, all the contractors were just kind of talking about where to place these rooms according to where the entrance of this, this um, was already there. So the benefit of doing my own AutoCAD was I started thinking outside the box and saying, okay, this doesn't work there. I don't want a floor drain, even if I put a cover on it, as soon as I walk into this brand new unit, what can I do that's different? 
And because I had these plans, I was able to go and slide things around. Okay, I'm going to move a closet here, slide this wall over, and it's giving me my overall square footage. So that those plans that I submitted were 100% correct. Even doing the hash marks for, you know, there's certain uh, specifics for sound um, sound barrier proofing, sound trans- uh, STC, sound transmission class, and smoke tight barriers. So you have to label those properly. I did that. What I didn't do, however, was I had an existing main floor floor plan that was a product of um, us just going through and doing a virtual tour, which was, you know, it looked different than the the downstairs floor plans that I had submitted. And I think that was part of the problem because the city is used to seeing professional drafting plans in a certain way with different keys and maps and different um, materials and the way they write things. And I didn't have that. Mine was a completely good dimensional floor plan. It was accurate. It was out of an AutoCAD program, but it wasn't quite the same. So what came out of this coffee conversation was, you know, why didn't you use a drafting person? And what what do they say about uh, this main floor? And I'm like, well, I, I didn't use one. And then the light bulb went off because the reason I didn't use one was because of that timing part. But there's no reason I couldn't get a drafting person to come in now. So that was the big takeaway. I always say there's always going to be one takeaway out of every conference meeting. Doesn't matter how insignificant or how much you don't want to go there or even a networking event. You're going to get something from it. And that was my big takeaway. And so he actually recommended to me his drafting person, called him up. He came out two days later, did his field measurements. Two, three days after that, I had complete plans that I have now submitted to the city. Um, And I'm 100% confident that they're going to go through because this guy actually has like 10 years experience in only mainly specializing in secondary suite conversions and drafting plans. So he knew the calculations, the square footage calculations. He knew what they needed to see. And I have almost 100% confidence that it's going to go through. And when I say going to go through, because it's been three weeks, I'm expecting those plans to be approved any day, get my development permit, and then we can finally get our uh, building permit going and the project, even though it's, you know, uh, two months behind, that's fine. Did you know that there is a big difference between investing in real estate and becoming a real estate investor? People become real estate investors all the time. They get into a flip or conversion project or even dealing with long-term tenants and they come back to us to tell us the same thing. It's like having another full-time job. I don't know about you, but that's not what we call investing. Investing in real estate is about having your money work for you in a way that is passive, consistent, most importantly, hands-off. So which one are you? Do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to invest in real estate? For those that are open to investing in real estate and having your money work for you, listen up. Garrett Wong has spent decades helping thousands of property owners navigate the ins and outs of property investing and management through his award-winning company, Upper Edge Property Management. Their new division, Upper Edge Capital, is currently involved in multiple projects, from single-family flips to multifamily development. Are you looking for a healthy return on your invested capital? Or perhaps becoming a joint venture partner? If so, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest 
to book a time to speak with Garrett and his team to see if there is a fit. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. Now, back to the show. That's my biggest takeaway. Use a professional drafting person um, to do your, your plans for your secondary suite conversion. Okay, so now, now on to the update portion because it, the building hasn't just been sitting there the whole time. If you recall, um, before possession, I had the roofing crew go through and I had the window crew go through, take the window measurements to get those into production. And I wanted the roofing crew to go through and give me an estimate so I could book that. Uh, because we were talking about late September, early October already, I wanted to make sure that we were changing this roof before the snow uh, was going to, you know, fly. Because, you know, we don't want to have to be painting on the inside, and then lo and behold, there's going to be some kind of ice damming or any kind of other problem come spring. So the roof was done. Um, and I, I have to give a shout out, you know, to above all roofing and exteriors. That was a company I used. We use them with our management company, so there's no surprises there. But, you know, they they came in on time, said they were going to be there a certain time. They did. They cleaned up properly. I went and recorded some some clips for social media, but they also did before and after pictures, which was really helpful when I submitted my progress uh, payment request to my my financial company and my lawyers. So that was just super smooth. Um, so yeah, on time, on budget, no extras. So really, really pleasant experience. So I'll tell you a little bit of a story now because this is just the you know unintended consequences. So in a perfect world, we are going to be demoing this entire basement, including the 40-year-old furnace the old gas hot water tank, and both of those items, the furnace and the hot water tank, um, are actually going to be located into a new, call it a mechanical room in another part of the basement. Because that uh, where they're located right now, which is close to the foundation wall, that's exactly where I want my new entrance to be for the secondary suite. So just thinking outside the box a little bit and being creative, I thought, well, since it's an old furnace that's not high efficient and it's using the chimney so now you've got a gas line you've got the chimney the metal you know exhaust gas going up there and the the hot water tank which was also about 10 or 12 years old i thought we're going to be changing them anyways let's move them might cost a little bit extra but not compared to having a perfect layout so that was the plan step one obviously after we get our our permits demolish everything step number two frame everything Step number three, put in the new HVAC systems in the HRV. So I've been going to the property two, three times a week to check on it and also do a little bit more work and meeting some other contractors. And about a week and a half ago, I go in and, you know, it's it's cold here, but not that cold. It's about, I don't know, zero degrees, one degree Celsius outside. I go inside the house and the furnace has been running, and it's like 12 degrees in the house, okay? 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I know it was on three days ago. I go down into the basement. I do all the things that I know to do as a property manager. I check the furnace switch. I check the breaker. I check the pilot light. Everything appears to be okay for me. So, of course, 
The next thing then, I call um, HVC technician, again, through our property management company. They're there within one or two hours. And then the technician gives me the bad news. The gas valve is gone. Well, a gas valve is seven to $800. So now we can't demolish. We're not where we need to be because we don't have our permits yet. So I can't exactly move this furnace. So what do we do? Do I pay $800 to fix a furnace that might be yanked out and basically chucked into the garbage in two, three weeks? I didn't want to do it. So the alternative, of course, is putting in a furnace, now the new furnace, into an imaginary place where there's no walls yet, and hoping that then we can somehow demolish around it and not damage it, not get too much dust into it. I literally had no choice. So I spoke to my HVAC company. We came up with a plan. And yeah, they, they came, you know, two, three days later, we put some temporary heat in and they started making preparations. And there came yet another hiccup. <laughs> So where we had, where the drafting person and myself had chosen to have this furnace was located maybe, I don't know, call it 10 feet uh, along the main beam where the soffit and the plenum were going to be for the cold air return in the, in the uh, heat venting. And normally, again, everything would be a blank slate. All of the walls would be demoed. Well, would you know it, I happen to be there on the day that they are installing this furnace and I measure it out. I draw a blue tape line on the floor where this wall is supposed to be. And where the furnace was going to go, it's exactly where the existing wall is for this furnace room, for the old furnace room. So they can't install it. But I have a little bit of time and I have literally no tools. So I borrow, no word of a lie, I borrow a screwdriver and a small little pry bar that's maybe 12 inches long. And I did what I needed to do. I didn't have time to call a contractor. The HVC guys basically went to go get a piece of equipment. They were coming back within the hour. I started demolishing with a screwdriver and a small pry bar. I took the paneling off. I took the insulation out, uh, got everything all exposed. And then obviously there was some electrical in there. We had to work through that. But the, at the end of the day, uh, we were able to get that wall out of there and they were able to install the furnace, and now it's running, and now the property is properly protected. So that is where we're at. Um, I'm expecting, again, to have the development permit any day, uh, building permits ready to go and be submitted, and then we can start our demo, get the windows installed, protect the furnace. But again, it's exactly where it needs to be. We just have to construct that wall now around it, and then hopefully no more delays. So I will be doing a few more of these little updates because I have received a lot of good feedback. People are finding it really interesting, this journey that I'm taking with the secondary suite conversion. And make no mistake, this is education for me as well. Um, to me, there is nothing better than this plan that I'm doing in, these, in this environment of high interest rates for me to be able to take a property convert it into a secondary suite, get at least $1,000 to $1,200 of extra cash flow because I'm essentially turning it into a duplex, refi, and now the building is worth more as a duplex, not a single family home. 
And now I get my cake and eat it too. Even in a high interest rate environment, I'm still going to cash flow. Not as much as a traditional duplex with your 3 to 4% interest rates, but certainly it's, it future-proofs me. And so the process that I'm developing right now, it's fine. I don't mind the delays because I'm documenting everything and I'm going to turn it into a rinse and repeat type of process. So then once this project is done, we're just going to be, that's all we're going to be looking for is secondary suite potentials. And then we can crank out, uh, you know, at least four or five of these a year. So that's it. Another short solo episode uh, next week. Um, I'm actually going to be having a guest on to talk about how to save for your first, uh, for, sorry, I'm going to mess up the title here, how to save a down payment for your first rental property. And I think that is going to gain a lot of interest. So until next week, this is your host, Garrett Wong, signing out again on your Investing to Win podcast. Have a good week. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Investing to Win podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of another investor, take a screenshot and share this podcast episode with them. Investing to Win is not only about helping you to win more, but WIN actually stands for Wise Investors Network. It's where we help our investors build a hands-off portfolio and have passive investments work for them. To see how you can potentially partner with us, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to learn more. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. All links can be found in the description below. Until next time.